Let us praise the grace and risk of fire. In the beginning, the word was red, and the sound was thunder, and the wound in the unseen spilled forth the red weather of being. In the name of the fire, the flame, and the light, praise the pure presence of fire that burns from within without thought of time. The hunger of fire has no need for the reliquary of the future. It adores the eros of now, where the memory of the earth, in flames that lick and drink the air, is made to release its long-enduring forms in a powder of ashes left for the wind to decipher. As air intensifies the hunger of fire, May the thought of death breathe new urgency into our love of life. As fire cleanses dross, may the flame of passion burn away all that is false. As short as the time from spark to flame, so brief may the distance be between heart and being. May we discover beneath our fear embers of anger to kindle justice. May courage cause our lives to flame in the name of the fire and the flame. These opening words by the poet philosopher John O'Donoghue, they welcome all those who have gathered this morning for their Sunday service here at Essex Church. Welcome to those who have gathered in person and to all who are joining us from far and wide this morning. We're glad to have you here this day. If we've not previously met, my name's Jane Blackhall and I'm Ministry Coordinator with Kensington Unitarians. Whoever you are, however you are, wherever you are, I hope you find us something of what you most need this day. Today's service is titled Kindling Our Sacred Flame. In the coming hour, we'll explore interweaving themes of Imolk, Candlemas, and the symbolism of our own Unitarian chalice. And we're doing something a bit different today. Um, our service is co-led by Reverend Laura Dobson, minister with Chalton Unitarians up north, who has pre-recorded our sermon and a reading for us. We thought we'd make use of the technology to bring in some other voices, some excellent worship leaders who we couldn't otherwise get to hear from because they live too far away and they've got their own congregations to look after on a Sunday morning. So we've got a couple of these virtual visits to look forward to in the coming months. But before we go any further, let's take the time to truly arrive, to ground ourselves in the here and now. We've each chosen to come here one way or another, to join together for this hour of spiritual nourishment. It's a chance to set time aside from the rest of the week and all its demands and reflect on what really matters most in life. 
So let's set aside, if we can, anything we might have come in carrying, anything that might be weighing on us heavily this morning. Whatever it is, we can lay it down for an hour. If we need to, we can always pick it up later. Or perhaps we can let it go. So let's each arrive with a breath. Breathe in. And breathe out with a big sigh as you settle into this present moment. I'm going to light our chalice flame now as we do each time we gather. It's a simple ritual that connects us in solidarity with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over. And it reminds us of the proudly progressive religious tradition of which this gathering is part. We light this chalice as a symbol of our faith. By its light may our vision be illumined. By its warmth may our fellowship be encouraged. And by its flame may our yearnings for peace, justice and the life of the spirit be enkindled. Time for us to sing. Uh, we couldn't choose otherwise than this. The flame of truth is kindled. Uh, it's number 158 in the purple hymn book, if you're in the building. And for those via Zoom, the words will be up on your screen. Uh, feel free to stand or sit as you prefer. The flame of truth is kindled. So let's take those joys and concerns into an extended time of prayer and reflection now. This is based on some words by Deborah Wiener. You might want to adjust your position to get more comfortable. You might want to close your eyes or soften your gaze. Maybe look at the chalice flame. Perhaps there's stuff you don't need to be holding that you could put down for a few minutes. Whatever helps you to get into the right state of body and mind for us to pray together now to be fully present in this sacred time and space with ourselves, each other, and that which lies within us and beyond us. Spirit of life, God of all love, in whom we live and move and have our being, we turn our attention to you, the light within and without, as we tune into the depths of this life and the greater wisdom to which and through which we are all intimately connected. 
be with us now as we allow ourselves to drop into the silence and the stillness at the very center of our being. We pause for a moment on this chilly day to reflect on the changes just one week can make in our lives. We celebrate the feast of Imolk, the holiday that heralds the coming of spring. Our hearts may stir with the thought that lambs are being born, the light is increasing, the earth is beginning to stir from its winter sleep, and green shoots are once again pushing their way through the warming soil. We bow to the forces of nature that have stirred again and again and reminded us through stormy weather that we are not in charge. The earth is moved by jet streams and polar vortices and we must endure and be patient through it all. We bow to the wisdom that life springs up without our help. In spite of everything we do or don't do, snowdrops and daffodils will bloom again. Grass will grow. Dandelions will appear. And through it all, we are reminded again and again that we are not alone. May we continue to recognize that in this spiritual home, we are held. In this house of memory and hope, we will be welcomed and supported. In this space of celebration and of contemplation, we may bring all of who we are and be both honored and affirmed. So in a few moments of shared stillness now, let us each call to mind those people and those situations who are most on our hearts this morning. And let us hold them gently in loving kindness for a while. And let us be sure to hold ourselves in loving kindness too. Each of us carries our own private burdens. So let us rest in self-compassion for a while as we each ask silently for what we need this day. And let us take some time to reflect on this week just gone in a spirit of gratitude. Let us notice and give thanks for all those blessings, be they large or small, that have helped to lift our spirits this week. Spirit of life, God of all love, as this time of prayer draws to a close, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness, and we call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look forward to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love, justice and peace. Amen. Time to sing again. Uh, our next hymn is Dark of Winter. It's, it doesn't feel that dark and wintry, but I realise we've only sung it once this year, and if we don't sing it soon, it'll be another nine months before we can have it again. 
Um, if you're here in person, it's number 27 in your purple hymn books. And if you're at home, the words will be up on your screen. Again, stand or sit as you prefer. Dark of winter. O Ignis Spiritus Paracleti by Hildegard von Bingen. O fiery comforter spirit, life of the life of all creatures, holy are you, giving life to all, every form. Holy are you, anointing the broken. Holy are you, cleansing wounds. O fire of love, breath of all holiness, who tastes so sweet within the breast, who floods the heart with fragrant good. O clear fountain, in which is seen the mirrored work of God, to gather the estranged and perplexed, and seek again the lost. You are the hope of oneness, for that which is separate. Free from bondage, those caught in prisons of the mind. O you who course within and through everything, up in the heights, upon the earth, and in every depth, you bind and gather all together. From you the clouds billow, the wind takes flight, the stones drip with trickling streams, streams that are the source of earth's lush greening. You are the source of human understanding, teacher of the truly learned. You bless with the breath of wisdom. And so may you be praised. You who are the melody itself of praise, the joy of life, the strength, the hope, and the giver of the gifts of the light. Amen. So we're moving into a time of meditation now. Um, I'm going to share some words on contemplation of the chalice flame by Unitarian Universalist Samuel Trumbull. This will take us into a good few minutes of shared silence, which will end with the sound of our bell. And then we're going to hear some soothing music for meditation from Brian. So again, let's each do what we need to do to get comfortable, adjust your position, put down what you don't need to be holding. You might want to get your feet flat on the floor to ground and steady yourself. And as I always say, the words, the music, they're an offering. Feel free to use this time to meditate in your own way. In this season of long nights and short days, let us seek the light within. 
by contemplating through our mind's eye the image of a candle flame. Notice how the soft, quiet and gentle flame tamely rises from the wick. Yet just by touching a dry twig, it has the power to become a raging bonfire to light up the night. Let that little candle flame be your friend this morning. Allow it to quiet your mind as you attentively watch its flickering glow. Allow it to calm your mind in a way that brings a stillness, a stillness that can light up the interior of your being, that can help you find the wellspring of your feelings. Allow it to show the inner sense of knowing that can help us notice when we've strayed or harmed others. Allow it to warm us, reflecting on the ways we've been touched and the ways we've opened our hearts and to inspire us through making new connections and discovering new insights. May this simple flame touch the dry twigs that guard our hearts, allowing the power of its light to penetrate our self-protection and show us the amazing potential for light and heat that resides within.
second reading today is by Unitarian Universalist Minister Sean Parker Dennison. Um, for context, it was written in the early days of the first, well, the, the only Trump presidency. It was written in the early days of Trump's presidency, and it's called both The Burning and The Light. He writes, about six months ago, I got a new tattoo. It's a lit match on my right wrist added to an arm full of paintbrushes and other art supplies. As a minister, my tattoos are sometimes controversial, and I was a little nervous what people would think about this latest edition. When people asked why I chose a lit match, I would joke that it was either to burn the world down or to light my inner chalice. These days, the joke is less funny because things have got more serious. As the president signs executive orders that give tax breaks to the most privileged while attacking immigrants, refugees, Muslims, LGBTQ people, people with disabilities and everyone else he disagrees with, I am more and more committed to resistance. This deepened call into a life of non-compliance will take a lot of burning and a lot of light. As an artist and religious leader, I believe in the necessity of creative destruction. A magnet on my fridge quotes the words of St. Ignatius Loyola, go forth and set the world on fire. For me, it's a statement of passion and a reminder that in order for justice to flourish, injustice must be dismantled. In order for freedom to be real, Fences, cells and walls must be torn down. In order for forests to remain healthy, wildfires must burn away the old growth. I am ready to embrace creative destruction as one of the tools that we need in these times. But we need more than destruction. We also need to support each other and lighting the flame of our common chalice, whether real or symbolic, is a powerful reminder that we cannot sustain ourselves by ourselves. We're not enough individually, and enclaves of like-minded people are not enough either. We need each other to share the wisdom of lived experience, to remind each other to keep learning, and to love each other through the inevitable failures and eventual success of our resistance. Because we need both the burning and the light. And Denison concludes with a few words of prayer. Spirit of justice, help us be courageous and committed in these times. Let us transform our ideals into action, our words into deeds. Let the fire of our passion burn with both light and warmth. In our anger, let us embody the spirit of creative destruction, always making room for more justice, more compassion, more love. May it be so, and may we be the ones who help make it so. Amen. Tiger, tiger, burning bright in the forests of the night. What immortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry? Words of William Blake. At this time of year, we start to notice the lengthening daylight. The return of the light to the land has been celebrated for thousands of years in the Northern Hemisphere. As January turns to February, the ancient Celt celebrated Imulk, which translates as in the belly or ewe's milk, a festival honouring the earth goddess as she starts her transformation from the crone aspect of winter to the maiden aspect of spring. In the Catholic Church in Ireland, the 1st of February is the feast of St. Bridget, who is thought to be based on the Celtic goddess of the same name, who tends the triple fires of smithcraft, healing and poetry. In Roman times, candles were carried in the streets to celebrate the goddess Februa, the mother of Mars, and in the Eleusian mysteries, the carrying of torches celebrated the return of Persephone to the light. Catholic and Anglican Christians celebrate the 2nd of February as Candlemas, 
commemorating the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary and the presentation of Christ in the temple, when candles representing Christ as the light of the world are blessed in church. Throughout human history, fire has been regarded as sacred. The great fire in the sky, the sun, brought warmth and light. Humans learned to use fire to cook food and keep them safe from predators. People gathered around communal fires to tell stories and hold ceremonies and celebrations. And we still do this, even if only on bonfire night. In my family, my cousins have a big party on the solstices, centred around a bonfire. Fire can be tamed, but by its nature it is wild. It is both wonderful and terrible. It must be respected because it burns. It has the power to create and to destroy. Some cultures honoured fire as a deity. Some saw fire as a sign of the presence of the divine. Fire is often a symbol for the presence of the divine in the Bible. In the Acts of the Apostles, the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus' disciples at Pentecost in the form of tongues of fire. In Exodus, Yahweh speaks to Moses from the burning bush and counsels him on leading the people from slavery in Egypt to freedom in the promised land of Canaan. Yahweh says to Moses, take off your shoes, for you are standing on holy ground. Sacred fire became an important part of many religious traditions. The ancient tribes of Northern Europe lit sacred bonfires as part of their festival celebrations. In Zoroastrianism, the temple fire is kept burning in perpetuity, representing purity and the light of the wisdom of the supreme god, Ahura Mazda. During the eight days of Hanukkah, Jews light the eight candles of the menorah. At Diwali, Hindus set small lamps around the house. Candles representing Jesus as the light of the world are part of Candlemas and Christingle services. In modern Druid rituals, the sacred circle is consecrated and blessed with fire and water at the start of the ceremony. Even if we do not practice any of these traditions, we may light candles to represent prayers and in memory of our dead. When Unitarians gather, we light our chalice. This is our sacred fire. Incidentally, when I did an internet search for holy fire, I learned about the miracle of the Holy Fire in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem, in which blue light is said to emit from the tomb of Jesus on Holy Saturday. The clergy in attendance light candles from this column of fire, and the candles are used to light the candles of the pilgrims gathered outside the tomb. According to Wikipedia, the ceremony was marred in 2002 when a disagreement between the Armenian and Greek bishops over who should emerge first with the holy fire led to a struggle between the factions. In the course of the scuffle, the Greek patriarch twice blew the Armenian's candle out, forcing him to reignite his holy fire using a cigarette lighter, whilst the Greek patriarch was despoiled of one of his shoes. In the end, the Israeli police entered the premises to restore order. Well, thankfully, the lighting of our chalice is not usually so dramatic. Flame is among the oldest of religious symbols, and the chalice cup has been associated with communion since the early centuries of Christianity. The chalice and the flame were brought together as a Unitarian symbol by an Austrian artist, Hans Deutsch, in 1941. Living in Paris during the 1930s, Deutsch drew critical cartoons of Adolf Hitler, when the Nazis invaded Paris in 1940, he fled to Portugal, where he met the Reverend Charles Joy, director of the Unitarian Service Committee, newly founded in Boston to assist Eastern Europeans who needed to escape Nazi persecution. Lisbon was the only open port in Europe in the early 1940s, and was thus the preferred destination for millions of refugees. The Unitarian Service Committee helped artists, intellectuals and dissidents escape the Nazis, many of whom fled without identification papers. The Lisbon office concentrated on helping them obtain replacement papers. Deutsch began working for the Unitarian Service Committee and he later wrote to Joy. 
There is something that urges me to tell you how much I admire your utter self-denial and readiness to serve, to sacrifice all, your time, your health, your well-being, to help, help, help. I am not what you may actually call a believer, but if your kind of life is the profession of your faith, as it is, I feel sure, then religion, ceasing to be magic and mysticism, becomes confession to practical philosophy and what is more to active, really useful social work. And this religion, with or without a heading, is one to which even a godless fellow like myself can say wholeheartedly, yes. From his Lisbon headquarters, Joy oversaw a secret network of couriers and agents. The Unitarian Service Committee was an unknown organisation in 1941, and Joy felt that it needed some visual image to represent Unitarianism to the world, especially when dealing with government agencies abroad. Joy asked Deutsch to create a symbol for their papers, to make them look official, to give dignity and importance to them, and at the same time to symbolise the spirit of our work. When a document may keep a man out of jail, give him standing with governments and police, it is important that it look important, he said. So Hans Deutsch thus made his lasting contribution to Unitarianism. In pencil and ink, he drew a chalice with a flame. Joy described it to the USC board in Boston as a chalice with a flame, the kind of chalice which the Greeks and Romans put on their altars. The holy oil burning in it is a symbol of helpfulness and sacrifice. This was in the mind of the artist. The fact, however, that it remotely suggests a cross was not in his mind, but to me this also has its merit. We do not limit our work to Christians. Indeed, at the present moment, our work is nine-tenths for the Jews, yet we do stem from the Christian tradition, and the cross does symbolise Christianity and its central theme of sacrificial love. The flaming chalice design was made into a seal for papers and a badge for agents moving refugees to freedom. In time it became a symbol of Unitarianism and Unitarian Universalism all around the world. When Deutsch designed the flaming chalice, he had never been to a Unitarian church, but he had encountered faith in action people who were willing to risk their lives to save others. We light our chalice at the beginning of every service to signify that we are creating sacred space. The act of lighting our chalice connects us with other Unitarians all over the world who start worship in the same way. The chalice cup signifies a cup of community that holds us together. Its use in symbolic acts of sharing in community goes back to an early Czech dissenter, Jan Hus, who in the early 1400s offered the communion chalice cup of wine to his congregation at a time when it was reserved for priests alone. The chalice flame also symbolises our community. A flame is dynamic and changing. A flame needs three elements. Fuel, material things, such as a building, chairs, sound system, computers, money, all the physical things that we need to sustain our community. Heat, the spark of intelligence, the warmth of human connection, even the friction of honest disagreement, all the thought-provoking and moving moments that contribute to the energy and vitality of the life of our community as we support each other on our spiritual journeys. Air. The element of air is associated with the spirit. The same word, ruach, means both breath and spirit in Hebrew. Inspiration, the breathing in of that invisible element of spirit. Deep moments of sacred connection, in meditation, in prayer, in listening to each other. With the element of air, we also give people the space to develop their own spiritual path free from the restrictions of dogma, whilst being held in the warmth of human community. The chalice flame can also symbolise hands lifted in prayer, the light of the truth we seek, and the divine spark in all of us. 
the inner light of conscience, reason and experience. And there is another set of three fiery things that I rep think represents the vitality of our community. The triple fires of Bridget, Irish saint and goddess. Bridget tends the fires of smithcraft, poetry and healing. The forge is the fire of passion and transformation. The cauldron of poetry is lit by the fire of illumination and inspiration. The hearth is the healing fire of nurture and compassion. It is this last one, the community hearth fire, which is key. We may not be inspired or challenged at every Unitarian gathering, but I hope that we will always experience the warmth of human community. Our sacred fire is a living flame lit with intention. Like the first Unitarian chalice symbol, it signifies our intention to care for everyone who passes through our doors, regardless of their beliefs or background. John O'Donoghue, in his book, The Four Elements, says, the hearth is the place of warmth, belonging and intimacy. This is a powerful metaphor for the spiritual quest the hearth is the place where the heart is at home. This is the longing in all spirituality, to come in out of the winter of alienation, self-division and exile, and into the hearth of warmth and at one moment. May the chalice flame of our beloved community be a hearth of warmth and at one moment for all. Amen. Thanks so much to Laura for her reflections on Imolka and the Chalice Flame. Um, it's time for one last hymn now. It's an uplifting old favourite to end with. The Spirit Lives to Set Us Free, also known as Walk in the Light. It's number 165 if you're in the building and the words will be on screen if you're at home. Sit and stand or bob about. This is a good one to bob about to. Walk in the Light.
Just a few announcements then. Um, thanks again to Laura for suggesting our theme and giving our sermon today. Thanks to Janine for tech hosting a slightly more demanding tech host task than usual today, with which she has coped admirably. Uh, thanks to Maria for co-hosting at home. Thanks to Brian for stepping in at the last moment to play for us. Really very much appreciated. Um, for those of you who are here in person, Julia has just nipped out to put the kettle on. We've also got apple cake, so do stay and have a bit of that. I know it's a favourite. Um, thanks to Julia. Thanks also to Liz for doing the greeting today. Um, there will be virtual coffee time as well afterwards if you want to hang on for a chat with Maria. Got all sorts of small group activities going on if you want to meet up during the week. There are still spaces left for heart and soul, our contemplative spiritual gathering online, uh, either tonight at seven o'clock or Friday at seven o'clock. This week's theme is making the best of it. But it's a really good way to get to know people more deeply. Coffee Morning will be online 10.30 this Wednesday, uh, hosted by Liz this week. Uh, come along and set the world to rights. You never know what we're going to talk about. The in-person poetry group is back on Wednesday. Bring along a poem to read and send a copy in advance to Brian, that Brian sitting at the back, um, if you, if you uh, are choosing a poem so that you can send a copy to everyone, uh, sorry, print a copy for everyone. West London Green Spirit Group are having their IMOLT gathering this Thursday online. Um, please sign up and email Sarah if you want to have the link for that. Next Sunday afternoon, after the service at half past two, there is a special event put on by the LDPA, our London district, and a charity called Seeds of Peace. It's a, an interfaith harmony week event with art, music, storytelling, uh, special guest storyteller from Jerusalem. Um, you can pop out for lunch and come back and admission is free, but donations are welcome. Looking just a little bit further ahead, uh, on the 8th of February, we've got the second meeting of our Why Are We Here, a group discussing the book on Unitarian Mission. Uh, not too late to join, even if you missed the first session. And our service next week will be another hybrid service, uh, me again, and it will be on the theme of Inquiring Minds. Details of all these uh, events on the back of your order of service are in the Friday email. The congregation very much has a life beyond Sunday mornings, so we encourage you to keep in touch, look out for each other, and do what you can to nurture those supportive connections that we all need. I think that's everything. Just our closing words and closing music now. Within each of our hearts there is a most glorious light. Go forth and let its spark help you understand what troubles both you and others. Go forth and let its light of reason be a guide in your decisions. Go forth and bring its ray of hope to those in need of help in both body and spirit, that they might find healing. Go forth and fan the flames of passion to help heal our world. Go forth and spread the warm glow of love, pushing back the world's darkness. Go forth and share your glorious light with the world. Amen. <laughs>